Hey guys, what's up? And welcome to the Pursuit of Authenticity. Um, I talk nicely to them and try and get them to come closer. Hi, my name is Courtney Bishop, and this is episode 10 of the Pursuit of Authenticity podcast, an interview with Unreal Fitness. In this episode, I discuss with the gym owners why they decided to open their gym and what makes their gym a little bit different than other ones in the area and, quite frankly, other ones in the world. We talk about how Unreal Fitness is a community where people are educated and empowered to make decisions that will better their physical health. How when you come in the doors, you're not going to be sold snake oil or fed a bunch of BS, which we all know in the fitness industry can be all too common, and as a newbie to the fitness industry, can sometimes be quite overwhelming when you're just sold a bunch of information and you don't know what's true and what's not. Being a part of the community, they talk about how their own training has evolved since opening the gym. And we also dive into their history a little bit, um, what got them into training and what they've learned and how their philosophies of training have changed over time. We discuss what their experience as gym owners has been some of the highs that they've experienced and the most rewarding parts about it, as well as some of the challenges and lessons they've had to experience and overcome. So if you're someone who is interested in starting your own business or becoming a gym owner, you might find some helpful tips here. And lastly, we talk about what steps someone should take if they're interested in starting the journey to better their physical health. And even beyond that, we talk about what steps someone should take if they're looking to become competitive in a sport like powerlifting or some other strength sport. So if either of those sound like you, give this interview a listen. If you want to learn more about Unreal Fitness, check out the show notes below. And if you enjoy this episode, we'd be extremely grateful for you to comment, share, subscribe, or leave a review in order for us to share this podcast and help more people in the world live physically, mentally, and emotionally healthier lives. Thank you and enjoy the episode. Today I have Jay Congdon and Max Cook here from Unreal Fitness. They co-own the gym together and uh, thank you guys for making the time to join today, despite our ice storm outside. Um, and I'm really excited to finally feature you guys on this podcast. This is actually something Jay and I had kind of been uh, talking about, like, I don't know, three years in the making now. Um, so as gym owners, they're obviously concerned with helping people to live physically healthier lives and at the pursuit of authenticity. We are helping people to create a physically, mentally, and emotionally stronger version of themselves. Uh, So that's kind of why this uh, interview happened today. 
Um, so I want to get started and talk about what made you guys uh, decide to open a gym, kind of talk about the history. Maybe each of you can take your own approach and sharing your perspective of, you know, what was it something you were thinking about doing for a while or what made you finally decide I want to open Unreal Fitness? Jay, if you want to start. I was a fan of strength and I wanted to purchase my freedom from a regular job. Okay. Fair enough. What about you, Max? That's pretty much it. Uh, I remember one day we were talking on Ventrilo, probably playing Diablo or something, and uh, it was like, hey, I was about to get out of the military and you were coming up on your contract, right? Yeah. And uh, what had happened, like, what do you want to do for three to six hours a day? from here on out like, yeah like training that yeah. sounds fun yeah agree uh, mm-hmm. and so what we're just like yeah let's fucking open a gym like we'll see mm-hmm. what happens uh and serendipity here we are <laughs> so you guys were friends in high school and middle school too yeah yeah okay back from middle school um and were you guys both interested in strength training at that age or was it something you both developed like during your time um in the army and the coast guard well okay so in middle school (laughs) i uh i remember we got these sheets issued to us before we graduated age eighth grade to move on to ninth grade which was like what classes do you want to take your first ninth grade semester? You know, like, what what, what are you thinking about taking? Uh, you know, it's kind of like a class planner. Yeah. And I thought it would be a great idea to take athletic performance because I'd way rather spend an hour in the gym yeah. than an hour listening to lecture. And I... Also, there's no homework in athletic performance. Nice. Well, there was a little, but not really. You're mostly in the gym. Yeah. 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 Nice. So, that doesn't mean I really learned a lot about lifting once I hit high school, but I was very enthusiastic about the bench press. Nice. And uh, I'd also... Pretty much figured out that I was going to join the army at that point. So I I didn't really have any coaching. I had a little bit uh, just what the football coach for our high school, Mr. Madsen, would, the wisdom, he would hand down to me in athletic performance class. Uh, But, I mean, that really wasn't that much direction uh early 2000s gym teacher information yeah like let's be fair yeah maybe do some high knees and butt kickers he he was (laughs) no 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 there was a plan there was a program you're supposed to come to the athletic performance class you have exercises and sets and reps Mm. and weights that you're supposed to do for that class so 
we, we, I was doing all of that, and not everyone in the class was, but I was. Uh, but as far as, like, the amount of time that was spent on me learning the skill of something like the squat or the clean or the deadlift, it didn't really happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I got a little bit of instruction, and then I got supervision. Mm. And, uh... It's a high school gym class. Like, yeah. It's what you get. So when, uh, I guess when I joined the army, I kind of fell out of weightlifting because I was doing the army fitness idea, you know, mm-hmm. push up, sit ups, run. But then after a little bit of time in the army, I realized that you could take weight training much more seriously and that it, it was much deeper than just lifting weights and having a big bench pre- excuse me <laughs> having a big bench press uh and that was super interesting to me so that's kind of where your passion with training started was way back in ninth grade having the athletic performance class kind of gave you a little bit of an eye into what to expect from that sort of um field but then the army kind of reinforced that with following like a discipline training program, if you will, or some cor- some kind of regimen, I guess. <sighs> I the habit of exercise has been in my life for a while, but uh, yeah, the the quality of the wisdom or the the depth of the knowledge that was passed on to me about training and performance by my experience in athletic performance or my experience in the military, I would say was ah, not always of a extremely high quality. To the degree where you are now. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Max, what about you? What kind of helped you to develop that passion for training and to lead to opening Unreal? I mean, I've only been doing this like six years. I never worked out. I was I was a, a fat sack of shit for a long time. Uh, I lived off like corn dogs and hot pockets even throughout my military career. And like once I was out of boot camp, I pretty much was like, screw it. I'm gonna just, I'm not gonna do any of that shit. Yeah. Uh, working out was for people who wanted to do more work. Hmm. Uh, and I was already working hard. I was doing wrench turning on a boat. Jeez, Hollywood over here. Uh, <laughs> put that shit on vibrate. This is a podcast, Do not disturb. Uh, it's fine. But, so, I was in Sault Ste. Marie, and pretty much Jay sold me on powerlifting and said that I could, you know, stay fat, and I only had to be in the gym for, like, 30 minutes and mm. do five <laughs> sets of five. Nice job, And I was Jay. like, this sounds like some fitness for lazy people. I can get into it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Build muscle. Build muscle. And I was I was pretty skinny fat at the time. I was probably like 150 pounds. Uh, and after a while, I got hooked on just getting a bigger number. Mm. Uh, this included on the scale. Uh, and so I dirty bulked my first year, and I put like, you know, 800 pounds on my total because mm-hmm. there wasn't one. And, uh, <laughs> I put about 234 up on the scale. Wow. And... Uh, that was pretty all right. Nice. That was pretty, that was pretty cool. And then I, I don't know, I just got into it after that. Started cutting. 
uh, Unreal became a little bit more serious and a little less of a pipe dream and uh, came back and started getting into powerlifting a little bit more seriously once I had the time. Uh, I started using my GI ability to go to school for kinesiology. Uh, and at that point, I was taking my powerlifting career pretty seriously because it was still kind of on the fringes of sport. Mm -hmm. uh, Instagram hadn't become as big as it is yet. And uh, powerlifting and fitness on Instagram hadn't become as big as it is now. Yeah, uh, which we can dive into that later. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, that's a whole fuck. That's a whole days long topic right there. Uh, <laughs> but I started getting you know into it a little bit serious. But I noticed that what I was learning in college was stuff that I already taught myself over like the four years I'd been into it mm -hmm. uh, by that time. Because I started doing this at, like like I said, about 23. So I've been studying three years already on my own. What works, powerlifting stuff, what was available during that time. We're talking like 2013 to 2016 era. Yeah. And uh, from there, I don't know. It was fun. Uh, kind of lost my train of thought. Well, I mean, from both of you guys, your, your background explanation... You kind of got state got started with your athletic endeavors a little bit later in life, kind of like high school or even post high school. Mm -hmm. um, but it sounds like when you opened Unreal, you you guys definitely had the interest in fitness, but Unreal kind of, like you said, made it stronger, helped develop both of you guys to a higher degree of knowledge about what does strength training take. Mm -hmm. um, and just kind of reaffirmed your passion for it. Uh, Jay, you mentioned one thing about you learned that strength training is deeper than just, you know, doing the sets and the reps. Can you kind of elaborate on that? Because based on my experience as, a, you know, a, a competitive powerlifter and athlete, I kind of resonate with that, but I'm interested to hear your perspective. Um. How strength training is deeper than just sets and reps? Yeah. I mean, there's certainly a lot more to it than that, isn't there? Yeah. Uh, I, I think you were maybe going down, like, the self-development path, but I don't want to oh, put words in your mouth. No, no. I think what I was alluding to was that I was told to squat, but I was maybe not ever told that my squat wasn't deep enough. Mm. Or I was told to do cleans, but I was maybe never taught how not to reverse curl the bar. Mm. Yeah. I no. see. Uh, so, yeah, there was... So that was more... And in the army, the, the same things occurred. You know, I was told to run, but... I was never instructed on the proper form. Mm. I was told to do push-ups, but, I mean, push-ups are simple, and so the, the proper form de is definitely occurs in the military. But, I mean, there definitely was a lot of people with years of experience in the Army doing improper push-ups, even if I wasn't one of them. Uh... You know, that my experience with athletic instruction previous to pursuing my own certification and training 
and then opening Unreal Fitness. Uh, yeah, it was more just do it, figure yeah. it out. And like, since you have opened the gym, the depth you were alluding to was just the the quality and the technique involved in all these different types of movements that mm. people mm. in this gym are doing. Well, so much to... of my deep understanding of training and fitness originates in YouTube, dude. Mm. So much of it. Like, of course, I branched beyond that. You know, I got a certification. I've spent, you know, I don't know, countless hours. It, it must be hundreds of hours at least reading this or that topic on this or that article you know just developing my interest in training mm -hmm. muscle building strength development mm -hmm. yeah uh and it definitely yeah. shows by the um, education that you guys provide the members who walk through the doors. I know that I hear from several people in the community that they feel when they come to Unreal Fitness, they, you know, they're not just going to have a program thrown at them and be, and have to figure it out on their own. Like, you guys have done a really good job of instilling a culture where we help each other, we educate each other to get stronger because... You know, I mean, you can accomplish more together than alone. Not just that, but that's our responsibility. Like, you go to a carpenter and you ask him about wood, you're going to expect a carpenter to give you some knowledgeable advice about wood. You come to a gym and you ask about lifts, you should be able to provide accurate and good information to the people who are coming to you for it. Like, mm -hmm. this idea of information being hidden behind a paywall... Uh, through, and I get there's differences between like coaching and personal training mm -hmm. and programming and dieting, etc. But keeping this idea of knowledge locked behind a paywall so that people are who are actively trying to better themselves have to get through it, like, well, it isn't anymore, it's not anymore, and it even wasn't prior to given the internet's proliferation of it all but you know there's a lot of really good free information out there that if you just take the time and all of it, it and all of it's out there all yeah. of it all the information is out there for free um mm -hmm. and i mean it's you need to be you need to get so very specific on a topic before i feel like there's there actually is a limit to your ability to access information, I feel like getting into some, there's some like four pay, what is it, study databases? Oh, yeah, journals. That, yeah, that you uh, research. You gotta subscribe to. Yeah, that yeah. you have to subscribe to. Be part of organizations. Uh, and... But I feel like to get a comprehensive idea of what it takes to have. A high-performance diet and training regimen for your goals. That information is out there for free mm -hmm. if you want it. If you want to spend the time to assimilate it into your collection of things that you know. <laughs> and not just that, but also investing the time in implementing and like experimenting with it. Uh, yeah. Once you have the knowledge... You, there's still so many different avenues of fitness that people use, you know, in order to 
achieve the goals they want and that they enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think people can take in a lot of this information and there's arguments I hear from, I'm not going to say uneducated people, but people who aren't as knowledgeable for this idea of what's best. Yeah. And it's all subjective. And it's all about what fits and works for the individual and how they use this information they've acquired. Yeah, and I think that's a huge part in fitness is that people think, oh, I just, I found the perfect program on paper, now I just have to do it. But Mm. that, I think action is the hardest part. Like what Max is saying, yes, you can try to follow the perfect program on paper, but it might not be perfect for you. You need to do that like scientific um, you know, trial and error process to figure out what works. And then from there, like... I Actually, I want to add one caveat to what I said, though. Yeah. If... It, this applies to healthy individuals. Hmm. Um, someone with a condition which makes training or dieting more challenging in one way or another... Unfortunately, I think information for those kinds of people uh, is maybe not as free. Right. Not as easy to get a hold of. You would have As, to... like, just the general ideas for effectively training and dieting an athlete for their goals. Of course, yes. Yeah. So specific populations are going to have... There, there's different qualifications to be able to speak to those individuals because they are dealing just with a different set of cards, basically. Yeah. Um, so as far as physical fitness, I mean, obviously, you guys being a gym, you help to empower people to improve their physical health. What do you think are the most important uh, kind of pieces of advice you would give either new members or just anyone who's listening in on and they want to improve their physical health uh, it depends it depends on their goals but i have to say that the most common one for someone who comes into the gym and doesn't have direction is to describe to them the idea of linear periodization mm-hmm. um yeah i mean it's to anybody who's into strength training, this is going to seem so obvious, but I mean, it's, I think it's obvious because it's true. Uh, if you are a new athlete, if you're a new lifter, a new member at Unreal Fitness, if you have limited experience with strength training previously, then the number one idea you need to be familiar with is linear periodization. Do you want to maybe elaborate a little bit of what that is for some listeners who might not know? Linear periodization is the idea that in order to build skill and strength in your training technique, a beginner athlete should start training these skills specifically referring to usually the primary barbell lifts the bench squat and deadlift uh you should be able to train these movements light and with 
very good form with with focus on improving your form Mm -hmm. and you should be able to add a small amount of weight to these exercises at the same set rep scheme five by five every training session or weekly until you can't anymore uh so i guess to put more simply it means that you should squat bench and deadlift in a five by five or a 3x8, or a 3x10, or a 3x12, or, or whatever, but one set and rep scheme at a light weight, so an empty bar, or a bar maybe with a little bit of weight on it. Mm-hmm. And you should be able to add 5 to 10 pounds to the compound barbell movements every training session or every week. Mm-hmm. This way, for a limited but extended duration. Yeah, I would just add one thing, um, maybe adding more weight or just like um, trying a more complex skill is another way to progress your fitness. Uh, essentially, to me anyways, I'll, I would just say that um, linear periodization is kind of like progressive overload in a way that you're just progressively making the exercise harder mm-hmm. at, and whatever method works for you well, yeah, the, the idea of linear periodization is to start easy and focus on high quality and then increase difficulty with very small increments mm-hmm. uh, so that you can continue to train with high quality but these small increments they are they add up because it's linear. They add up faster than your skill can develop forever. Right. Definitely. Uh, and so eventually in linear periodization, you do have an extremely challenging training session or a failure training session. But this is part of the executing the idea of linear periodization mm-hmm. as part of finding where your end to linear periodization training is. Mm -hmm. It's because when you start getting to those failure days, this is when you know that it's time to start considering graduating from linear periodization Mm -hmm. and moving on to daily undulating periodization or some other sort of intermediate or better programming idea right okay so from your perspective owning a gym that is mostly focused on strength training you know strongman powerlifting olympic lifting linear periodization would be the place to start once you kind of reach the threshold or the cap for that graduating to a more um sophisticated style of periodization which yeah. I mean, totally makes sense Linear periodization plus progressive overload is going to set you up for success. So long as you're not training maximally as frequently as a lot of people do train maximally, and instead you train within uh, 80 to 90% of your maximal threshold and you work on that, uh, over time, as your 80% continues to develop and get stronger, your 100% will obviously also get stronger over time as well. I would like to say this, though. While... What we are describing is, I think, you know, something like the optimal 
set of ideas for progressing your athletic career. Unreal Fitness is also about freedom. Mm. So if you want to test your nuts every day, you're free to. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it's not the way I recommend you train. This is a good point. Um, You know, Unreal Fitness is huge on allowing people to train the way they want and how they want, whenever they want, being a 24-7 access gym. Um, So I don't know, do you guys want to explain the different types of training, the other sorts of training that I didn't elaborate on that other people do here? Man, there's people who fight here. There's people who bust out linoleum and breakdance if they want to. (laughs) Uh, Do what makes you feel like you're putting in work. If you're moving... Unreal's about it. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter if you're moving yourself, if you're moving a bar. At the end of the day, sled. yeah, at the end of the day, exercise is about moving your body vigorously in a way that is challenging. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's cool seeing the human body perform, you know, skillful feats in whatever athletic endeavor they are. It's a method of expression and it's a method mm-hmm. of philosophy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, we get. Just do it. We get all kinds of people in here, and because we have things like the turf and the big tires and other implements and the the climbing rope, uh, you know, people from all kinds of fitness disciplines come here just to, you know, because they're passing through and there's nowhere else where they can express themselves physically the way they want to, you know. Uh, the big reason why we opened this joint was because we couldn't train the way we mm. wanted to when we wanted to. Yes, uh, this is a great point. Like, you were working third shift jobs and there were a bunch of commercial gyms and they wouldn't even let you deadlift over 315. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. we're or use chalk. Or use chalk. And these things are imperative to a developing power lifter or strength athlete of any, like, capacity. Mm-hmm. And chalk has... Very strong antibacterial qualities. Mm-hmm. Keeps your gym clean. Yeah. So, like, dropping the weights was something that wasn't really allowed at commercial gyms and just slamming of weights. Like, and just, we won't name names, but there's gyms that don't allow that. And just getting hype about lifting. Oh, uh, yeah. Find me a gym where, you know, prior to 2014... Where you could throw up the Ric Flairs, where you could slap each other on the back, where you can chalk yeah. up liberally and get loud mm-hmm. and hype about a lift. Yeah. That stuff, especially here in Michigan, that didn't exist. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're going to find that maybe in a, in a collegiate setting or mm-hmm. some other academic mm-hmm. sports environment, maybe. Mm-hmm. But that was one of and the big things we wanted here, a place where you get excited about doing the things yeah. you're about to do. I think... Uh, when we first opened, we had a more niche audience, but now our membership is a little more gen pop mm. than that. So we don't get like the super rowdy deadlift sessions and different things going on in here as often, but mm-hmm. it's definitely still completely welcome mm-hmm. at any time. Yeah. Well, think- if you want to come into Unreal and train, you know. The speaker is loud. The music's loud. So, I mean, nobody's being louder than the speaker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I, I really don't see an issue with the high levels of motivation, the high levels of excitement that sometimes occur in 
my training facility. Yeah. Yeah, just to kind of come back to your points about allowing people to have the freedom to train in the ways that they want. Um, I know that sometimes people think that they have to do certain things to train. And it's like, oh, I really want to, you know, commit to my fitness. So I, that means I must go to the gym and I must run on the treadmill or I must mm. lift weights and whatever the people on Instagram are doing, that's probably what I should do because they look good and I want to look like that too. But bring it back to like, you know, you can have the perfect program on paper, but if you don't enjoy it, you're probably not going to be consistent with it mm. and you're not going to take the action to carry that out. So I think it's so important at Unreal that people can come in and they can they can choose to lift if they want. Or they can stay on the turf the whole time and do their breakdancing moves. If that's, like, what's truly fulfilling to them, like, that's the that's the form of exercise that they can do. And, like, yeah. just ebb and flow with life and just, you know, allow your, allow your fitness journey to change as you change. And that's kind of what's happened with Unreal here is, you know, we, it used to be more niche and... Sp- people can still come in and do those things like you guys are saying Mm -hmm. and there's still that demographic but it's also you know it's much bigger than fitness is so broad and people should be able to find something that works for them that and fitness and sports science as a whole and the idea of fitness as i guess a, a pop cultural like aspect over the last five years has grown immensely over the last like I would say beyond five years, because it was getting pretty big out in California when CrossFit really kind of came on the scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, fitness is hip again. Yeah, it's it's hip again. It's cool. It's it's uh, bigger than church. You know, I, I uh, think the yeah. the information about the benefits of and risks of the lack of fitness. <laughs> That's a mm-hmm. roundabout way. Uh, it's too prolific now Mm. for fitness culture to be as relaxed as or as unpopular as it has Mm. been in the past Um, now we also have to should observe that the trend is people on average are getting heavier Mm -hmm. and uh the the fitness culture the popularity of weight training or just being in shape it is more popular but it is still not the rule you know mm-hmm. it's still not the rule that most people are still deciding to not be in shape. Right. Not take care of their health. Well, I I mean, if you ask them about are they taking care of their health, they may say one thing or another. Hmm. But is the average person training or exercising to challenge themselves more than twice a week, definitely not. Hmm. Definitely not. Yeah, that makes me think back to three years ago, Jay, when you and I started talking about, we were like threatening about doing this podcast because 
this was like 20, I don't know, 15, 16, and we were, we, we all three of us actually were talking about how we would watch like Elliot Hulse mm-hmm. on YouTube back in the day, and I was a huge fan of Lane Norton and like his whole crew, and how fitness was becoming, like we are saying, it was ramping up in popularity, partly due to the internet, and then people being influenced by that culture, and just the huge spike in people, like, being way more concerned with their um, health, and I would also say, like, wellness, because I think now it's even more prominent that people are uh, trying to obviously take care of their physical health, Mm -hmm. but also there's this huge push for, like, their mental health alongside it, too, Um, which I would say Unreal also categorizes by you guys saying that you wanted to open this gym because it gave you the mental sanity to have the freedom to live the lifestyles that you wanted. Mm. Mm. I suppose. I mean, at the end of the day, what do you want to do with your life and what do you want to spend your time doing? Uh, My personal philosophy kind of comes down to the idea that time is the ultimate resource. Uh, So, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to spend a lot of your time working a job to spend a little of your time admiring and enjoying the things you're doing in your life? Or do you want to spend the majority of your time doing the things you want to do with your life? Mm-hmm. And like, that's the idea I put going forward with it. And that's kind of a, a degree of freedom that unreal allows us to achieve. Right. Um, so maybe we can jump into, Hmm. talking about being business owners and what that journey has been like for you. We've talked a little bit about, you know, training and your philosophies. So since opening the gym, what, let's start with what has been kind of your biggest learning lesson along the way? Or there can be a few of them. Hmm. I've learned so much. Um, anything that stands out in the, particular? the, the biggest things that stand out in training that I've learned since opening unreal fitness, uh, man, the first thing that comes to mind is valuing a vertical torso in the squat. <laughs> the, the, Write that down. so there's this discussion that maybe some of us have taken part in in the past where we consider different sorts of squat techniques. One which includes a squat where the hips travel very far backward and the torso collapses forward. Uh, And then the thighs achieve a parallel position with a very acute hip angle. So Mm. the angle between the thighs and the torso Mm. is very acute at the bottom. Like a low bar squat. Like a low bar squat with a lot of forward lean. However, However, for most people's body types, this does not apply to everybody... And if this doesn't apply to you, then you're probably not going to set any world records in the squat ever. I'm sorry. But for most people's low bar squat, high bar squat, 
hybrid squat, whatever. If you can perform your squat technique with a more vertical torso, either by widening your stance, widening your, widening your knees, or by just driving your shoulders back in, into the bar and keeping your chest as large as possible, what, whatever it takes for you to keep that hip angle at the bottom position of your squat as open as possible is gonna make your squat stronger, safer, more efficient. This is something I did not understand even after getting my certification, even after graduating linear periodization myself, that training at Unreal and helping other people train and continuing my own research helped me to learn. And uh, I wish I'd have known it sooner. You know, I think that's a leftover from the equipped powerlifting days. I mm. bet you that's where that technique really got started was back when powerlifting was still using a lot of equipment and they were trying to milk as much tension yeah. as they could out of those suits. This so is true. And hip but, yeah. but if you look at a lot of the best equipped squatters mm. now, even most of them use a vertical torso squat totally i'm i'm in agreement with you and this is probably because yeah. sports science has come such a long yeah. way in just the last half decade yeah. like there's a lot of bad cues that are remnants of bad training days mm -hmm. yeah that were really prolific in strength sports for a long time yeah uh, it wasn't just in like bro science dieting it's also no, in training it's also mm -hmm. in training it's also we're seeing it and leftovers of training methodologies that don't apply to modern raw powerlifting powerlifting used to be an equipped game but now it is so accessible and so easy to get into a raw powerlifting uh you know training mentality mm -hmm. that the paywall for equipped powerlifting is just making it go the way of the dinosaur yeah that's uh, such a good point. And there's a lot of cues which still have been like carried over from the equipped old school days that have still made their way mm. through one means of authority oh, yeah. in, the, in the sport or another mm -hmm. to modern application of the like sport. Like arch your back. Arch your back. In the deadlift. Look up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of things that we now know just from like studying physiology and kinesiology mm -hmm. that like these are not efficient uses of the body. Not for everybody machine. anyways. Not for everybody. And but especially not in raw powerlifting as compared to the cues coming from equipped powerlifting. That mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to step out and use the bathroom really quick. I'll yeah, can right we take back. a break? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Jumping back in here. We're all good to go now. Yeah. Uh, so... Jay kind of elaborated on something he's learned as a business owner from, like, the training perspective, what he sees in the gym. Max, you want to talk about maybe a key thing you've learned over time uh, from owning Unreal? Um, yeah, like we said, uh, from the business end, just keep your overhead low. There's a lot of ways you can spend a whole lot too much money in the fitness industry on things that aren't necessary, and... Let's be real. The fitness industry, there's a large portion of it that runs on snake oil. Mm. Uh, this is nothing new, and I think it's something that a lot of people need to be a little bit more aware of when they start dipping their toes into, uh, I don't know, taking their fitness journey more seriously. I know I fell for scams time and time again. I've seen people fall for scams when they first get into it. Uh, 
and, you know, there's no such thing as a testosterone booster, you know, unless it's coming out of a bottle, it's not doing anything for you. Yeah. Uh, But other than that, keep your overhead low and make your... Make your members feel welcome. One of the big things that everybody here talks about, and one of the things that I hear a lot from our members, is that they train here for the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, I give a business presentation at this at a school here in town, and they say like, "How do you guys stick around being a gym? You guys have been in town for five years now. Gyms pop up and go out annually. Mm-hmm. Uh, big commercial gyms, franchise stuff. Like, how do you do it? And in the fitness industry, you just Try and be honest, I suppose. And don't be beholden to any big corporations. Don't be beholden to big corporations or banks. The big part that allowed us to be successful for as long as we were is Unreal came out of pocket. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think, yeah, you guys have skin in the game, obviously. And, like, I think sometimes people put too much thought into, like, how do I run a successful business, blah, 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 and it's, like... <laughs> Keep the parentheses out of your bottom line. Yeah, <laughs> I, I definitely like to add on to what Max said. Uh, one, one of the biggest things I've learned is that if you cultivate a positive atmosphere, mm. if you, you know, make sure that you're trying and and i haven't always been successful at it i've definitely made mistakes doing this in the past but if you make sure that when you're around your community that you're trying to be an example of the kind of energy Mm. and attitude that you want your community to have then i mean you're gonna see this echo inside that community Mm -hmm. And I think understanding what makes yourself happy and what makes the people in your community happy uh, goes a long way to being able to put together a great idea for being, you know, profitable enough to stick around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's super important that you guys stick to your core values here because, like you were saying, it definitely is reflected in the community, um, the people who walk through the doors. It's like the ones, yeah, who also hold those values will stick around and the ones who don't, they gladly will mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. be here. Um, and then just treating humans <laughs> as humans. I remember, like, when I first joined way back um and just like in conversations with you guys and we would talk about like our goals and aspirations and you guys were always like positive to me and just like yeah go do it go do what you want to do and I remember like I wasn't getting a ton of that in my life at the time and so like I mean I probably wouldn't be doing this here today if it weren't for your guys's like constant encouragement and I know other members here at the gym feel that too and whether they're training for a competition or Mm -hmm. like i I don't know you guys have you guys know your own relationships with the community here so yeah it's super important that unreal fitness is definitely a bastion of freedom yeah yeah and talk with the people here the more time people enjoy spending here the more time they're gonna spend among those people if they're not getting 
That's if they want to be spoken to. It True. is it is a serious training gym. Right. And there are definitely some people here to socialize and some people are here to train. Can I lay down a law and some public knowledge that people need to understand when they walk into a gym? Any if gym. Both headphones are on, that individual does not want to talk. If only one <laughs> headphone is on, that means they're willing to be interrupted and asked a question. If they're not wearing headphones, they're free to talk. This is the law of gyms. It is the law. That is, it is the law. That is good knowledge is, to know. This is gym wisdom. These are these are the cues you pick up on. You need, after a, you a need while. A, at least a halfway decent excuse to wave at them and have them take the headphones off. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, like Hey man, can I use that? Hey man, are you using that? Yeah. Or can I work in with you? Yeah. Like can I how work many in? sets you got? <laughs> and then can I give you yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then just say like thank you and and be on your way. Wait for your turn in line or whatever you're trying to do. <laughs> yeah, those are all good points, mm-hmm. especially if anyone is listening is newer to the gym community. Take note of that. Uh, it's funny little idiosyncrasies like that that you know you kind of pick up in gym culture mm-hmm. nowadays and it's cool yeah. that there is uh an almost like semi-universal gym culture and thing that kind of has been you know perf or proliferated throughout the whole industry due to the internet and stuff yeah. like that it's yeah. cool to see that stuff i guess it's the meme culture as well oh yeah yeah this I is mean, true I don't know how, but I saw a dude doing curls in the mono lift the other day, and I thought, like, this is a level up. Uh-huh. This is a level up. Right yeah. here. Curls in the mono lift. When it's when the squat rack just ain't enough. That's kind of yeah, definitely next level there. <laughs> Interesting. Silliness. Um. So let's go on and talk about. Uh, I want to know what your favorite moments of as a gym owner has been, or a business owner, whatever you want to phrase it. Uh, we t- kind of talked about the challenges, but what mm. have been, like, the highlights? It's got to be the annual USAPL meets, man. Dude, the USAPL meets are hype fests. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, those things are hype fests. I mean, it it's exhausting, but it's a blast. Mm. And it's, it's, yeah, it's my favorite day at Unreal every year, for sure. It's like a heavy Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, for people who aren't familiar, they host an annual, which actually this year will be biannual. Mm-hmm. If anyone lives in Grand Rapids or in Michigan and wants to sign up, there's a USAPL meet here in Grand Rapids. And basically, yeah, it's, um, I think we cap it, or they cap it at 60 lifters. So, uh, March 21st, Yeah, we're having our spring meet here. It's called the... March Madness, the Kyoso mm-hmm. March Madness. Uh, it's hosted by Kyoso LLC. It is a USAPL federated powerlifting meet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's going to be a blast. Every time we have the USAPL here at Unreal, it's a blast. Mm-hmm. And uh, I look forward to this one because I've had so much fun at the rest of them. And your guys' specific um, participation, I guess, in those and previous years has been, you know, helping with spotting and loading, making sure that all of the attendees who come to watch have places to sit, uh, yeah, sit, and 
Um, it's just a super positive environment to be in for the day. Very encouraging and motivating because mm-hmm. everyone is pushing their physical limits, uh, trying to hit their one rep maxes. Powerlifting is just a great sport to be around, which I think is why this gym brings in so many cool members. Well, it is kind of an ass-slapping festival, isn't it? Because, like, <laughs> almost everybody's hitting their lifts. Yeah. And so, like, all day, it's just congratulations mm-hmm. after congratulations after congratulations. Like, great job, you hit your lift. Great job, you hit your lift. And every and it's actually the exception that people are missing their lifts, except maybe in third attempts. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh so and it's like the one time you'll hear people cheering for someone who has horrible form. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, the, the worse the form, the louder the cheer. In oh my god! Yeah. Like I, if you can arch, there that may back. be a positive relationship there. <laughs> there may be. Like yeah, you gotta don't let go. Do not. Yeah, it is the oh only time your coach will think, encourage you to injure yourself. I, yeah. It's competition day. Yeah, it's competition yeah. day. Okay, Leave it there's on the there's there's a time to injure yourself in your athletic career and unfortunately it's on competition day you're right now you don't want to i'm not saying you should but it's funny that it happens yeah (laughs) it is a little bit funny i guess uh but yeah i mean what's the point of competition if you know, there is. You're not risking something. Right. You know, you if if you're if you're not risking something, then why are you competing? Right. You're trying to maximize your potential, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you mentioned there's the spring meet. Is there a date yet for your fall meet that you guys will be doing here? Fall or summer? I thought it was in August. Or, okay. The West Michigan Classic. Nice. Four. Mm, it is in August. Mm-hmm. We'd have to look up the specific day. I I, mm-hmm. I don't remember. Registration has opened head. on that one yet. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe we can link in the show notes um, mm-hmm. to Kyoso. Are we starting at four? I mean, it's the fourth powerlifting meet. Well, okay, so... Oh, I guess the Kyoso Barbellum would be yeah. the fourth, technically. Yeah, yeah. So the, oh. the Barbellum typically was mm-hmm. our USAPL meet in the summer. But because... The Barbellum organization is no longer in charge of the USAPL in Michigan. Now it's Kyoso. Mm-hmm. Uh, the summer meet will no longer be called the Barbellum. It will be called the West Michigan Classic, which is a way to refer to the tradition of the Barbellum summer meet. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, because it is an annual summer usapl meet at unreal fitness mm-hmm. uh it is the oldest yeah. traditional meet in michigan yes mm-hmm. yeah um i'll say for the usapl i say we start at four it's the fourth it's the it's the fourth i say we start at five meet. it's the fifth powerlifting meet <laughs> let's go <laughs> i want that big roman numeral v under that <laughs> that's what i'm talking about yeah, regardless, it's exciting definitely for you guys to, um, you know, have the fifth meet coming and to continue to have more, host more powerlifting meets at your gym because it's obviously a super fun day, whether you're a competitor, whether you're a spectator, whether you're a spotter and loader, or you're the gym mm-hmm. owners yourselves. Um, everyone's having a good time there. And like I said, well, we can include the sh- in the show notes 
the link to Cayoso's website so that I don't think the registration is open for that summer meet. Mm -hmm. And I think the um, March one actually just got filled entirely. But if you want to compete at the summer one, you would be able to figure out where to go to register for that. Pay close attention to that. The meets fill up really fast. Yeah. What is the sellout uh, like duration now? Do you guys know? 24 hours. Oh, yeah. If you want to compete at a meet at Unreal Fitness, you really should be looking out on the day signups open. So the spring meet took about five days to sell out. But last year's summer meet sold out the evening it opened. Mm -hmm. And this summer meet, I expect, will sell out similarly quickly Mm -hmm. um that's a good point and kind of to back that is that unreal fitness is the only gym i think on the west side of the state that offers powerlifting meets most of the usapl and this is usapl specific Mm. but most of the meets are on the east side of the state because that's just where a lot of the usapl community trains and resides um, so especially if you're a West Michigan, yeah, uh, the USAPL resident. and the APF are really the uh, the two premier federations here on the West Side. Yeah. Uh, though at Unreal, we at, we host the events. The APF hosts at a convention center here in town. Um, but those are really the two avenues you're going to get. USAPL has a little bit of a bigger, uh, wider reach and a bigger audience which you'd think they'd put it up in the uh, convention center, but yeah. I'm not complaining. Right. No, for sure. Yep. The convention center didn't ask them. We did. That's a good point. <laughs> That's a good point. There you are. Um, maybe we can just touch on wh- quickly what uh, guidance would you give people who are looking into competing in their first powerlifting meet. I know there are some members currently at Unreal who mm-hmm. are you know, tempting or tempted to sign up for their first meet, but are a little bit hesitant to do so. I know some people I've spoken with online have also reached out to me of, yeah, I want to compete at Unreal, but I'm just, I'm not sure I want to, you know, take that jump yet. So what, and you guys both have competed in the USAPL Mm -hmm. or, um, APF. Yeah, and the APF, but you've competed as powerlifters before. Mm-hmm. So what advice would you give to, like, newbie thinking about powerlifting? Have fun. Yeah. Have fun. If you're not having fun doing it, why are you doing it? I got it yeah. in my head my first meet, and I had a horrible time. Oh, no. And the second meet I did, I went there literally just to show face and walked away with gold. And... Hey, like I had a lot more fun and I was a lot more successful in my second meet, uh, given my training was a little bit more on point, but the competition was also stiffer at this point. Uh, so just have fun. Don't get in your own head and be prepared to wait. Mm. Uh, the USAPL meet here at Unreal typically goes pretty fast and you're not waiting in between lifts very long. But if you're used to getting your workouts done in an hour or 90 minutes, a powerlifting meet is an all-day affair. Uh, we're talking a four- to six-hour thing to At get least. through nine lifts. Yeah. Uh, bring a meal, understand like what you're getting into, uh, get some good night's sleep, stay hydrated, the whole be healthy thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think... 
for someone who's considering doing a powerlifting meet, I mean, all it takes to do a powerlifting meet is to say that you're gonna and pay the money to the Fed. Uh, I mean, you don't even have to train for a powerlifting meet. You get to name your own weights. So as long, mm-hmm. I, I guess you, you don't even have to lift the bar. Uh, you could bomb out. But uh, I don't recommend any of that. Nope. That's, what that's... I what I do recommend though is that you define your own goals, mm. ones that appeal to you, and then you know you try to meet them, and do or do not this powerlifting meet. Uh, if you are the sort of person who feels like you need to get into some kind of competitive shape or express yourself near maximally before you are comfortable with going and getting a total in a meet, that's fine. But also, if you're the sort of person who just likes powerlifting or wants to train to be stronger and you think you'd enjoy participating in a powerlifting meet, then do it, man. You, yeah. <laughs> you don't need to be all that strong to participate in a powerlifting meet. I have seen plenty of people who are not mm-hmm. very strong participate in powerlifting meets and have a blast. Have a great time. Yeah. Uh, and I think I wish more people would. I wish more people would. It's, uh, there's no dishonor in, <laughs> you know, not having the biggest lift at a powerlifting meet. Mm-hmm. The, there is honor in saying that you've, you're going to compete in this powerlifting meet and trying and getting some PRs or, or at least, you know, trying mm-hmm. to get some PRs at the powerlifting meet. Mm-hmm. Perhaps there is not honor in signing up for a powerlifting meet and then not training for it and just showing up. Mm. But uh, not advisable. Uh, the USAPL and Unreal Fitness will take your money anyways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think those are great points. Have fun and set some goals and have the courage to just get out there. Um, like Jay was saying, you know, it's... It's uh, it's a good time. You'll be around good company. And I think that's one super um, nice thing about powerlifting is that everyone is so helpful. I know I have friends who have competed in, like, bodybuilding and bikini competitions. Mm-hmm. And they say that off stage it's very catty. And this is just a stereotype. I'm not saying this is true of, you know, every show. But the culture is just so different there compared to this sport of powerlifting and I think strongman is also very similar that people are there to help each other and to empower one another to get stronger it's about yeah it's about being the strongest version of yourself not anything else and I think that also comes back to you know everybody being able to take part in the ass slapping mm-hmm. it's <laughs> a really big congratulation fest you know yeah yeah like even yes. In bodybuilding, only one person gets their ass slapped, and then a bunch of people just get butt hurt. Yeah. It's weird how that works, though. It's more of an ass chapping. <laughs> it's more of an ass chapping competition when you go to bodybuilding shows. Oh shoot! But uh, 
I mean, I don't know. I, I don't really like that stereotype, to be completely honest, that, like, the bodybuilding community is, like, so toxic, mm. you know? Because, well, I've never been a bodybuilder, and so I've never really been exposed to the bodybuilding community that much. Uh, but, um, I mean, at the end of the day, in the sports of strength training and muscle building we're all just bros trying to make it mm-hmm. yeah so like rips is no bodybuilder has ever been in unreal fitness and been crazy toxic right mm-hmm. Definitely. so uh live and let live i uh it's two different things too in terms of competition and in, in something like bodybuilding it's a very subjective competition whereas you can't lie about mm. someone picking up a weight like mm. this is the this it's there's no matter of opinion you're not being judged by a panel judges can white light high squats though judges mm. still white light high squats and white lighting high squats uh <laughs> Especially, I don't know, equipped is not even a sport. And they white light squats, which skip commands. Yeah, they do. (laughs) Yeah, they do. So there's a little subjectivity. Uh, But more so, you know, in in bodybuilding, because it's it's aesthetic. It it is aesthetic, and it's still subjective, whereas in powerlifting, you can still review the footage, and if Mm. the judge is too white-lighted and obviously high squat, then the community can get involved in the discussion. But how aesthetic is powerlifting? Man, now that powerlifting is about being lean, why even have bodybuilding shows? (laughs) Damn. Back when powerlifting was fat, bodybuilding might have been popular, but like... I don't know, even fat powerlifting still has like an aesthetic, like the 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 big masculine mm. like engorged strength machine man mm. you know like it, there's definitely something aesthetic about your your classic fat strong guys I in, think, in my opinion. I think those fat Maybe. Olympic guys are way more aesthetic than the fat powerlifter guys, though. Yeah. Because they're taking that weight, and all of a sudden, like, they're throwing well, a bar seven feet in the air, it looks of like. Of course, a beautiful That's Olympic true. lift mm-hmm. is aesthetic in its, yeah. uh, it's, in like its execution. I mean, like, I can, I can appreciate a good squat, but outside of that, like, a deadlift or a bench, I don't think it's going to be as aesthetic of a performance as, say, uh, a Kai Green or uh, mm. or a... Or, uh, or even a big Rammy. Uh, but right. so powerlifting is a lot like golf. You know, it's not necessarily about the swing. It's about the lay. Is is a Kai Green posing performance more aesthetic than Eddie Hall's 1,100 pound deadlift? No. Mm, it depends on which Kai Green pose routine it is. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure some are fluffier than others. Mm-hmm. Uh uh, because like that's that's one of the greatest deadlifts of all time, if not the greatest deadlift of Is all time. Kai Green's, you know, Mister Olympia mm-hmm. or Arnold posing performances, some of the greatest physique exhibition of all time. Mm. Oh yeah, just the like the I think the so respect too. Respect mm-hmm. to get to those levels. I mean, for both athletes, it's mm-hmm. the determination and the work and just the. Uh, dedication to that like 
mastering of their sport. Exactly, and they're all expressions of mastery. Yeah. Uh, in again, now it's it's the subjective idea of which is more of an yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Obviously, bodybuilding is a sport which is mm-hmm. measured by aesthetics and. Yeah. Powerlifting is a sport which is measured by numbers. Metrics, yeah. Uh, but As well as strongman. Uh, yeah. I think ultimately, like, strongman is probably the most entertaining and aesthetic yeah. display, Yeah. frankly. I mean, mm. it's incredibly athletic. It's super dynamic. Uh, I love powerlifting to death, but I also don't like watching golf. Oh, yeah. Uh, and or NASCAR. Over and, over. <laughs> uh, and powerlifting, those third attempts come around, and I swear to God, I will, I will be yelling louder than anyone else in the room. <laughs> but, man, if you're not into powerlifting, it's, oh, it's yeah. not as oh, much yeah. of a spectator sport as something like <laughs> strongman or, or bodybuilding. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially, like, a local powerlifting show is, it is fun. It is mm-hmm. a blast. And I do recommend you come by our powerlifting meets, and it will be fun. Mm-hmm. However, I understand if you don't want to stay all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is powerlifting. You do. You Sometime. watch maybe about an hour of it. You pretty much get the whole idea. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely helpful to know someone there, but yeah. it's and regardless. What, what is the most fun is it is really the struggle. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the struggle. You, you get lift after lift where it's just people like, bam, he hit that weight so fast. Bam, it was easy. This next person, they got it too. And, yeah. But then finally, maybe somewhere in second attempts, usually you start getting to your your first like struggle lifts where people are really having to dig deep to get the mm-hmm. completion. Right. And, They're uh, hitting for their records, if not a PR already, on yeah, some and, of these people on their second lift. And yeah. this is uh, this is when it's really exciting, right. I think. Mm-hmm. When Especially really when you've got records on the line. And every Unreal Fitness USAPL meet has set a record. Mm-hmm. At yeah. least one record. Yeah. So... There is, is that, there, there is real competitive value on the line at our meet. Right. They're not only competing to beat maybe a prior best version of themselves, but also like setting state records or even maybe national level. Or beating the other lifters at that meet. Yeah. yeah. There is competition. Yeah. Uh, it is uh, a qualifying meet. Yep. And... Uh, you, you do see it in those middle weight classes. There's like a middle four weight class between 165 and 220, 242. That it's, it, I'm not sure if those are the USAPL weight classes, but whatever, I'm old school. Ish. Uh, ish where like the competition gets stiff. That's a, that's a pretty mm-hmm. dead center bell curve area. And there's only room for so many to go on mm-hmm. to mats. Right. Especially at the local level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, at the local level, you do see a yeah a lot more men between 180 and 220 pounds. Yeah, especially in the 190ish range. Mm-hmm. You know, it's stacked competition. Yeah, um, and you see the same thing with women. You know, there's yeah. an average weight that is where most of the women are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we kind of. <laughs> 
started down the rabbit hole of if you were a new competitor or new if you were interested in competing in a powerlifting meet what would you guys advise so i just wanted to kind of add on top of that too uh it's as we've said there's so much information out there nowadays i don't think it's quite necessary to hire a coach if that doesn't mm-hmm. suit you uh, and the, the community at It depends. Meet. It depends on what your goals are, mm-hmm. whether or not a coach is necessary. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you want to go, if you want to break state records, if you want to go to the national level, it really depends mm-hmm. how serious you want to be um, and whether you will know if you need that guidance or not. I was just going to say there's so much information and um, there's so much help at the meets that you can probably go it alone, but it definitely is more fun when you have, like, a mentor who mm-hmm. has walked the ropes before, and they can pretty much just, like, hold your hand along the way and make sure <clears throat> that you put forth your best effort at the meet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a handler. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So, if uh, someone wanted to join Unreal or learn more about you guys, stop in, where could they find you guys? Online or Instagram at UNRL Fitness, uh, mm-hmm. Facebook Unreal Fitness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can come on in and visit us on the west side of Grand Rapids, Michigan at 1118 Front Avenue Northwest, Suite Number Two. Uh, Your hours are we're open two to seven mm-hmm. Monday through Friday and two to six on Saturdays. And as a member, you have 24 7 access, which is also. A huge perk of your guys' gym. Mm-hmm. Train when mm-hmm. you want, how you want. Train when you want, how you want. So I think, do, is there any other closing remarks you guys want to say to the people? Oh, we were just talking about something about coaching. Hmm. And I and I thought of something to say. You but, don't have to have a coach. Mm-hmm. But oh, yes. About, I think, how to determine whether your goals require a coach or not. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think if if your goal is to be elite, you need a coach. Yeah. There's no two ways about it. Yeah. If your goal is to be stronger, fitter, in better shape, in in great shape, Mm -hmm. but maybe not an elite competitor, then maybe you don't need a coach. Mm -hmm. And also there are methodologies of training which are easier to Mm self-teach than others. Uh, if you want to become advanced in Olympic lifting, you need a coach. Yeah, yeah you definitely do. agree. If you want to learn how to have a good squat technique, you can just ask a bro here at Unreal Fitness mm-hmm. or me, and I can probably get a decent squat technique on you in a short amount of time, and you can ride off into the sunset with that squat technique, mm-hmm. you know, uh... So these are things that you can self-teach or that require so little instruction that uh, a coach, yeah, maybe you don't need it. And you Mm -hmm. can just go get the information for free with a little bit of motivated Mm self-education. That and, yeah, your self-education, your ability to self-coach. One of the first things I did when I got into fitness and learning how to power lift was learning how to check my own form. Hmm. Uh, I trained alone and I bought a video camera and I recorded every set I did and I would review each set and I would compare it to what, you know, guys like Johnny Candido, Omar Hmm. Isif, uh, Mm -hmm. 
these names in YouTube fitness at the time were telling me to do. These were the, these were the authorities at the time. Mm -hmm. And I would just compare that and you can self coach from there. And I I think this is a very effective way to start. Mm -hmm. But if you do take the path of self coaching, that isn't where you end. Mm -hmm. Um, There is nuance in the movements squat bench and deadlift that is very difficult to master by just having video instruction Mm -hmm. Mm. um the combination of video instruction practice and material to read Mm. uh good material to read that teaches good technique things books like starting strength or books like Five three one, mm-hmm. or um, I mean, strength and how to obtain it. Yeah, strength and how to obtain it. There or there's pl- there's plenty of classic strongman mm-hmm. books which have great wisdom set to word mm-hmm. on exercise technique. Like um, what is the name of uh, the Saxon book? Uh, the Master of Iron or something. Something along those lines. Yeah, uh, I mean the. The information is out there. You can watch these videos on YouTube, get a very good idea of what you should be doing, record yourself, compare yourself, and then ex- expand or, or deepen that nuance with readable material. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, obviously there's a lot that goes into weighing you know are you the type of person that you just need the accountability for a coach you need that like sounding board to like talk through the ideas of Mm. what your goals are with someone and that the accountability for them to help you get there or are you the person that you're like i really want to understand this self this stuff myself and therefore i'm not willing to hire someone because i want to read the books and you know get the practical application and experience myself like, I think it takes a little bit of self-reflection to determine where you are in your stage to say whether a coach is right for you right now or maybe at a later point in your fitness journey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. I agree. Awesome. Well, thanks again, guys, for making the time to be on the podcast today. That's it. <laughs> and that's a wrap. And that's a wrap. <laughs> hey.